Dude, you look like a bum on your fucking driver's license. God, it's awful. Dude, that's the worst driver's license picture ever. We should put that as our, our banner on, on BitFaced. <laughs> Welcome to BitFaced. We told you last year that it was the most wonderful time of the year, and that sentiment rings true today. It's E3. We spent three days watching press conferences, watching trailers, really just sinking our teeth into gaming that's going to be happening within the next year, year and a half, possibly four years with Naked Norman Reedus, but we'll get to that. So tonight uh, in the Bit Cave, or I'm going to call it the Bit Sauna, we are going to talk about E3. To my right, Tyler Run TRG Glaze. To my left, Derek Burton Guster. And across the table from us, we've been talking a lot about the events we've been doing. We met somebody pretty cool at those events that likes to talk games. So we brought on our new friend, Matt Dawkins. We're all going to talk about E3 tonight. What I want to start with, and I'm going to go to you first, Tyler. What was your favorite thing you saw at E3 this year? Um, I think I'm going to be... It's so hard to say because I've got, I'm going to go with three. There's three things that just really blew my doors off. Um, I guess you get three. It's your podcast. Sure. Why not? It's E3. We'll do things in threes. So. All right. Well, but by the time it gets back to me though, I'm going to have crossed nine things off my list, right? (laughs) That's okay. Because honestly, I know the first one that we're all going to bring up is we happy for you. Um, I'd have to say that's, that's probably my top, but one that's going to make mine, that's not going to probably make anyone else's is pray at the Bethesda conference. That trailer to me was insane. It, it blew me away and I'm happy to see pray again because even though I played four hours to beat the first one, it was four hours that I just fucking would jerk off to. And, um, finally, uh, legend of Zelda, of course, looks incredible. So you're going to say, we happy few, pray, and Zelda. Yep, no particular order there, because I'd have to say all three were, were tied for me. Let's go to our, our guest. Matt, what are you thinking over there? Tyler has two of my three on there. We happy few and uh, Zelda, definitely. Uh, the one he didn't mention that I really liked was Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, it kinda, that's the Sony... Yeah, that's the Sony one. Freaking like cyber dinosaurs roaming yeah. around. We talked about that a bit, Eric. Um, the one that you know I compared a lot to being kind of like Shadows of the Colossus or um, or Dragon's Dogma, uh, and so similar in that sense. It looked pretty cool. There are actually a lot of similarities, which surprised me. I didn't expect this going in. There are a lot of similarities between the Zelda gameplay demo that they did and the Horizon one, where kind of open world, you're wandering around, you're gathering materials and stuff. That was something new we haven't seen from Zelda before. Yeah, it looked really unique. Um, Lots of climbing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're saying, like, you drown if your stamina gauge runs out while you're swimming, and you fall if it runs out while you're climbing and stuff. Just a whole lot of, like, brand new concepts to Zelda. Pretty interesting. All I watched of Zelda was the trailer, because I heard from all of my friends within 10 minutes, you being one of them, Matt, a new friend, how terrible. The n- I was happy to be at work. 
I, at least I was making money while you guys were sitting through that. So how bad was the Nintendo conference? I didn't watch it. I think we can all agree that Nintendo had the best conference in history. <laughs> two games? Have you ever seen two games in one conference before? No. Let me tell you what, man. I started it, and Matt was like, oh, you missed the, the Zelda trailer? And I was like, all right, I'll go watch that. And then I turned back, and they were still playing Pokemon. And I was like, minimize. And later I would message Matt before even looking at the stream. I was like, Matt, have they done anything else? And he's like, no, they haven't. It, it was pretty unwatchable. So Nintendo has a new console supposedly launching in March or April. And we didn't see it at all, correct? But that's one of the things I have to get on Nintendo for. I mean, it's obviously going to be shown at Tokyo Game Show because that's how Nintendo operates. But they need to get out of this we show our Japanese console in Japan every year kind of thing. They have to understand that they're selling to a global market. That's where most of their consumers are. They need to be showing that console at E3. Do you think that companies have kind of dropped out of E3? I mean, Blizzard obviously doesn't do anything at E3. Nintendo seems to have definitely backed off from E3. I mean, Blizzard doesn't have to. They have BlizzCon... And it's one of the biggest conventions. I mean, it's... Rockstar was absent from E3. Do you think you get to a point where you don't have to show up at E3? And and is Nintendo at that point? I I wouldn't say that. I think Nintendo, being the company they are, needs to be showing those things. I think there's a there's this really big divide right now with the major companies that do show at E3. Uh, mostly with Microsoft and Sony on one side, Ubisoft and EA on the other where Sony, to one extreme, has really figured out what E3 should be in this day and age. It's you show games to your consumers so that you can move product, whereas EA and Ubisoft still have this weird idea that they're back in 2000, that there isn't millions of gamers watching, that they're just talking to industry pros, and they're just trying to sell to them because... That's where they're getting their investments, which is not what it is anymore. That's not how it's been for a decade. Sony definitely has EA figured out, number one. Number two, let's can we talk about the orchestra for a little bit and how awesome Amazing. that was? Oh, my God. That's my favorite... That was my favorite part of E3. Games aside, hands down, the orchestra. That might be my favorite part, too, because when they opened with an orchestra sitting there, I thought that the or- orchestra was going to open. I didn't know that they were going to play the whole conference. That's that's pretty impressive. That's what I thought, too. I mean, like the guy even said on E3, he's like, if you all haven't walked onto the stage with an orchestra playing you on, you need to do that at least once in your life. And I was like, yeah, I'm really jealous right now. That looks awesome. I thought, Sony, um, if we're going to have to pick a winner tonight, and I hate doing that, Sony Sony had the best press conference at E3. They gave me chills. Sony would be mine. Like, honestly, Sony's presentation was probably the best one we've seen in probably four or five years just because it was so game-centric. They figured out how to do a conference. Besides the ending, we really didn't have a lot of one of my big complaints from the Microsoft conference, the AA, EA conference, and I think it was Ubi as well. I don't want to see you play a game for 10 minutes because I want to be playing that game for 10 minutes show me an awesome trailer give me a taste give me a tease even and i'll criticize one of my favorite franchises the gears of war demo was too long 
that when I saw how Sony front ended their presentation with just just gooiness, that's what Microsoft should have done. And Gears of War is one of my favorite franchises ever. There was a lot of good stuff in Microsoft. I'm not. I think Tyler said it best last night. Sony was a rung or two up on the ladder. Microsoft didn't flop, but between the orchestra and all the different new IPs I saw, there was a lot of stuff I liked about the Microsoft conference. Sony had the better conference this year. Now, before we get too far, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm you know I'm going on tangents. Now. No, I know, but we haven't done our top three from Derek and yourself. Okay, I'll take this one. Uh, Matt took two of Tyler's, so I'm going to have to take two of Matt's. Um, definitely Horizon Zero Dawn. I Honestly, it was my favorite game at show. Uh, we Happy Few. Awesome, awesome looking. Uh, my third, as, as much as everyone knows I'm a, a Sony fanboy, honestly, the third game I'm most excited about, Halo Wars 2. Um, very, lot- ooh, very good choice. The fact that they added in Creative Assembly, the guys who did Total War as a developer on that, perfect yeah and i'm just really looking forward to a halo wars experience with multiplayer so my again my three is going to be boring so everyone has picked we happy few correct which we're going to get to play next month in it's not a full release but i think maybe that is one of the reasons we all pick that because we actually get that quicker than i think we get anything else that we saw at e3 honestly i just think it was the the most emotional trailer of the entire show It, it was such a good trailer yeah. It looked very Bioshock in a, in all of the best ways. Well, it's funny. It's actually in Steam Early Access right now, I think, and has been for a while. My understanding is it started as kind of like a rogue, and I was not expecting to see this Bioshock-type uh, thing come out. I'll have to check that out after the cast, because I will be downloading that I was right about to say, now. the first thing we're going to do after the cast, Matt, is we're going to download We Happy Few. I thought I had to wait till next month on the one. I'm going to fact check myself right now. I'm not a fan of early access, but I, I kind of want that game. <laughs> My number two, and I'm glad that it made it around to me. Fractured but whole. There you C- go. Come on, guys. Stick of Truth was my number one game the first year we did the BitFace Top 10, correct? It sure was, yeah. I I stand by the fact that my two favorite people to walk out on the stage at an electronics conference are Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I thought the game looked amazing. The jokes in even the trailer that we saw were better than any jokes we saw from any commentator or any game at E3. The combat looks very improved. 12 character choices as opposed to four in the last game ubi was lucky as shit to get them on board that's gonna be and if it comes out december 6 this year i'll be very impressed because they did not say a year hands down that that might be that's that might be above we happy few if only we happy few i haven't played that style before i've played a stick of truth style game now and it looks like all they did was improve on everything that they missed and i'm not going to say that they missed anything on stick of truth because honestly it was a great game in and of itself but they just took like they said time and space and the fact that you can move around and use different objects for cover and all sorts of stuff they just improved it a hundred percent i mean we're not going to argue that the story and comedy aren't going to be great in it it's nice to see improvements in combat so i have to pick a three right that's two that's two. Okay, I'm going to go with um, 
God, it's hard not to pick Dead Rising for Christmas in a mall. And I know the zombie theme has been overused, and I'm going to talk about that later when I give some criticisms. I was really excited to see the candy cane crossbow. I was very excited to see Frank West come back. I think I'm the only one that's that's stoked about that game. But you know what? Let's put that as my three because I've got other games I can talk about here. There's games that weren't part of the presentations that might be Injustice 2 looks amazing in my opinion. And the demo I saw Friday the 13th, the game today, just go ahead and take my money. But where do you guys want to go next? We happy few early access next month, same time as Xbox. I'm okay with that. That's a game that I will pick up on PC because I've played all of the Bioshocks on PC. Um, And where I want to go next, I really thought that your three was going to be Sea of Thieves, Eric. You know what? Um, I didn't watch enough trailers today, but you were sitting on the couch with me when that trailer came up. And how excited was I to see the best parts of Assassin's Creed Black Flag in a multiplayer game? I think you mean the only parts of Assassin's Creed Black Flag. We, we've talked about it in the cast. I'm not going to beat it into the ground, but I only like that game because I like the, the pirate ship and I like the, the boat combat. Sea of Thieves looks like a game that the four of us could sit down and have a lot of fun playing. And who cannot be excited about Rare making a fucking video game again? We have to write our own like sea shanty. So that way when we all are playing together, we can sing it. I, I'm completely down with this idea. In fact, we do need our own sea chanty. Yeah. I was really impressed with what Sea of Thieves is, is turning into. I'm just hoping it's it's got some depth to it, just because they didn't show up. Pun intended. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. I just hope that it's not just, hey, jump in a boat, shoot each other. I, I'm hoping there's some treasure hunt stuff like that, just keep everyone engaged. The initial trailer that they kind of showed, even though it wasn't gameplay where it had all of the different monsters and villains and loot. Um, When that person walked on the stage and said, that's just a glimpse of the breadth that you're going to see. I, that leads me to believe that sea of thieves is going to be a very involved game, but they just wanted to appeal to all the people who want to sail around on a boat with their friends, getting fucked up in game and out and shooting people with cannonballs. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to. I want it to be, kind of like this open world experience where like hey you control this part of the sea let's fight over it kind of action that'd be a really cool game you can't go wrong with a pirate game made by rare i like the art style uh i know you're right tyler maybe that should be my uh my three i was very excited you got to watch we actually got to watch the sony conference together which was which was a lot of fun no it was a lot of fun we uh we watched the sony conference together and during that you have to you have to give me some kind of props you were like uh eh, the only zombie game that i'm excited about is dead rising and right then i was going to be like "Ooh, just wait till you see four but i left the microsoft conference entirely spoiler free for you you were very nice and i appreciate you not spoiling anything for me because you know there was a lot of moments in the microsoft conference but you know what the number one was As soon as I saw that I could buy that controller and put my name on it, (laughs) I was I was done at that point. I was like, okay, I'm I'm getting one of those as soon as they're available. I don't even have an Xbox One, and I went and built my own custom controller as soon as the site went up. That's what I told Eric. I was like, I'll buy my controller before I buy my Xbox. They're eighty bucks. 
You can really customize them. You can get them now. Uh, you can customize them just like they showed you on there. I know that sounds very, I don't know, high school, I'm at the mall, teenage girl, but I really want my own customizable Xbox controller. Now, my question is, though, is it better than my Elite? I don't think so. I think you just pay the extra 20 bucks to to pick what you want. I like that Microsoft went that direction, and that's one of the things Microsoft's kind of getting shit on for. I really like the the group settings they're adding to um, to live clubs, yeah. the clubs, and I, the, the looking for group. What it might have kept me playing Destiny. Those two are both great. I think my favorite one that they announced was Arena, because I love playing games competitively, and the fact that I can just sign up for major tournaments straight from my home and play in these tournaments, I'm looking forward to that. And Tyler, we've talked about it before. You think the competitive aspect of gaming, the esports, if you will, is the direction the hobby is headed. I was excited about that too. And Microsoft really did touch on some of the aspects of their social. And that was interesting too. And let's let's go with that, the omissions. We got Sony's VR coming in October with supposedly 50 games. One is just Mark Hamill laughing, but I'll, I'll play that. We also got Sony didn't announce their 4K console. Microsoft announced two new versions of the Xbox One. Is it a competition thing? Is it Microsoft going first, Sony going second? We're not going to show HoloLens. Okay, we're going to show VR. We're going to show two consoles. Oh, we don't want to show our console off. What do you guys think about that? I know Derek's got a lot to say about this. and I, don't I know was what, looking at him the whole time trying to get him to come back at me, but he, he wouldn't. And I don't know what Matt's going to say He's getting his it. note cards out. <laughs> Shuffle them up, Derek. But here, here's my say on that. We know they're both going to do VR. We know they're both going to do probably two new consoles. And honestly, we're just going to choose what our friends play on. That's the way it's always been. And Or I, you're fucked like me and Matt, because we're going to want the exclusives on both. And that's and yeah. All I saw was me spending more... I mean, every year it is this. But I really... I'm not excited about having to buy new systems. I don't know if you guys are. We we actually got confirmation from Microsoft. The uh, Scorpio will have nothing new for you unless you own a 4K TV. So it's clearly just a 4K upgrade. Well, that's that can be true. It's It's got to be spec upgrades, too, because... The Xbox One S, the Slim, has 4K support, and that's $300. I'm not going to drop whatever the Scorpio is going to be for just 4K support. Yeah, what I'm trying to figure out is what Microsoft isn't telling us. You honestly don't need six teraflops of graphics processing to do 4K for Xbox One games. You absolutely don't. That you don't need their enhanced eight core processor or whatever they're putting into it. There has to be another application for the Scorpio. That's not my gaming console in my bedroom. That's my thought. That's way beyond VR ready. So are they working towards that? Possibly. I, I just have to believe that there is this, this weird thing where Microsoft is trying to, forget about generations in gaming and they're just legitimately making a better system and it's going to be fully backwards compatible but there's this possibility that at some point they will make games that only work on scorpio well and even if they said that it wouldn't now i agree with that because if you look at the handheld system we've got the 3ds and the new 3ds 
same console but better hardware and they've released games that only run on the new 3ds hardware i think that's a lot of people's fear too is do i buy a playstation 4 game do i have to buy a playstation 4 plus game do i buy an xbox one game do i buy an xbox scorpio game and that pisses me off i just want to know i'm gonna spend the money but they know they already have me i'm not their target market i don't want to have to upgrade my console unless like derek alluded to earlier not on the cast but earlier tonight give me something next gen give me something legitimate give me something i can really grab onto if not fuck you well and that's kind of the thing though if you think about it pc gamers will often spend every couple years a couple hundred dollars upgrading their machine to try to keep up with the pace and that was going to be my question for you earlier why would i pay a thousand dollars for the Scorpio, when I can probably build something pretty good on the PC market for maybe 800 I think that's the biggest issue with the Scorpio, is they're doing the PS3 thing again, where you've got an $800, $900 system that they're going to sell at five, 600 just so they don't have a huge loss, make it up in licensing. But we already saw that did not work for Sony. It absolutely destroyed him for the first half of the generation i think it's an unfair comparison though because i think at the time sony didn't have the hardware support but i don't know if microsoft is going to if they launch exclusive games for the scorpio either well i mean what it was on the ps3 is they had people who didn't know how to utilize and couldn't utilize their their uh, first party processor and develop for it so they weren't using the ps3 to its full capabilities i mean we have a very powerful machine sitting in a ps3 still but what i see happening with the scorpio is maybe consoles will start moving towards a faster turnaround and it sucks because i mean we had almost what five years in between consoles before and we're gonna shrink it down to three but the um oh no we uh I would say the 360 PS3 generation was at least eight years long, if not ten. It was it was more than five. I think that was six. Is when we launched 360. It might have been earlier. I was going to say up until 2006, three years ago. So that was no. That, that sounds right, Derek. So that's six years. So I mean, we go from six years and we we cut that in half. And we go to start releasing new consoles every three years to try to keep up. Because if we don't, there's a reason that people who own PCs say, you're playing for six years on something that came out six years ago. Like, it gets replaced fast. I I think it's weird that the Nintendo 64 was the first modular system. They released an expansion pack for the Nintendo 64, and we are still not at the point where we can just make modular consoles that have hardware upgrades. Nintendo's going back to cartridges, too, which really gets my Jimmy wet, Taylor Black. Uh, but I'm with you. I bought that expansion the day it came out. Yeah, I mean, they, they sold it for cheap. It got packed with games half the time. Perfect Dark. And yeah. Donkey Kong. Star Fox. Oh, was it? With Star Fox? Which what game was it with? I know it was with Donkey Kong for sure. Wait, was, no, no, Rumble Pack released with Star Fox. It launched with Donkey Kong. He's yep. right. Donkey Kong. Okay, I, Perfect Dark would be my second pick then. Perfect Dark required it for additional things, but it did not come with it. Um, there was certain certain stuff that you needed it for to be able to play it in Perfect Dark, but it came out with Donkey Kong. 
Okay, and we're completely off track from E3. Hold Matt's on. got some stuff to say. Yeah, He's been Matt, really quiet. Matt's got tons of shit to say. Uh, we don't. We don't really have much of a confirmation now on this being next-gen stuff that's coming out next year. It seems like this is upgraded hardware and stuff, not a new generational shift. And the reason it's being done in the format of new consoles is because they're not modular. So this is what we have to work with. Yeah, but I mean, if they're just giving me upgraded specs for nothing because I could play it on my already existing Xbox One that I don't have yet, but I might soon, there's no point in me buying... A Scorpio. And that's my point of criticism with it right now. I haven't been shown anything that says, uh, I don't have an Xbox One and I want to pick up an Xbox One S in August. And the head of August just said, if you don't have a 4K TV, I guess I'm picking up an Xbox One S. <laughs> I like the S, though. I have a slim 360, and it was a nice upgrade for me at the time after I threw away five of the original white xboxes because they're red ringed on me the slim's nice and it, it still works and i have it four years later i mean i was at seven of the original 360s that, that new xbox looks fly i'll give it that well it's gonna look great next to the ps4 that already looks pretty good i'm curious to see what sony's it's gonna be smaller obviously right i think so i think it's I think their console is going to be great, and I think the Xbox One S is going to be great. And the fact that they're releasing it at three hundred bucks is phenomenal. And everyone has always asked me, they're like, "Hey, man, I totally want a four K TV." And for the past two years, I've been like, "Why? Nothing supports four K resolution. Just wait, and then soon we'll have everything that does." And that's now. And the the uh, Microsoft's console is launching Christmas, right? I think Matt said August. Is it August? That's for the, for the S. Xbox One S. Yes, the S is August. Uh, no word on Scorpio other than a, next year. I think Scorpio next is next year. I think year. holiday 2017 for Scorpio. Probably Neo as well. What other games did you guys see? I kn- we had to do a, a top three, but what other games did you guys see that you were excited about? Matt, you're going first. All right, uh, Inside. Uh, if you watch the Microsoft conference, I was not interested at all in it. It was just a clip, nothing related to the game, very abstract. But um, And all the gameplay uh, videos and stuff they've done since then. I mean, you can really tell this has been in work for six years. It's the it's not just the spiritual successor to Limbo. I mean, it looks almost like a direct sequel. Gameplay and everything, it looks fantastic. I completely forgot to put that on my list, but yet another game I was really excited about. I think maybe overshadowed by uh, We Happy Few. I'm with you there. That should have made my, my top three. As soon as you say from the producers of Limbo, I'm in. Yeah, Eric didn't even see the trailer, and honestly, the trailer didn't show much of anything, but as soon as Eric saw from the creators of Limbo, I just saw Eric's jaw drop. He was like, oh my god, 100%, I'm in. Huge Limbo fan. Any of you guys play it? Oh yeah. Fantastic. Okay, so when you when you put that tag up there, that gives me a little, that gives that company a little credence, if you will. Uh, what else? Uh, one game... I know Tyler was really excited about that. I'm, I'm on the fence about because of what I saw at E3. That being Recore, um, coming from the guys that made Metroid Prime, which is one of my all-time favorite games. Did you think it looked very Lost Planet? I I, I can see some of the that kind of aspect of it. My problem with it is it looked like a really solid concept. Some of the physics in the videos just looked really wonky. I'm hoping it was just alpha footage and all that stuff's going to get worked out. But, I mean, the actual core of the game looks super-duper solid. 
and I mean that's that's KG Inafune, right? Like, so it, is. it felt a lot like uh, like Mega Man Legends to me, and I'm hoping that's what it's like because Mega Man Legends was fantastic, and they made they made two right Mega Man Legends two. I never got around yeah. to the second one, but I heard it was actually pretty good too. Any other games? Um. Oh yeah, I've I mean, got a couple. We're all waiting okay. for for Death Stranding, but we'll we'll come back to that game. Which game? Death Stranding. Naked Norman Reedus. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's great that uh, you mean Kojima... it's going to be great in 2020. Yeah, it, no, I was going to make the same joke, but it's great. Uh, Kojima came out on the stage and announced that he was making a game, and I was really excited to see that that was happening. We're not getting that game. Just his presence on Sony's conference was the biggest middle finger to Konami in the world. And I loved it. And don't get me wrong, Norman Reedus is tight. And I think the concept of the game, which when, I know nothing about. When you say that he's tight, are you talking about that buttocks? Ooh, all that. Um, but honestly, I know nothing about the game and I'm, I'm stoked because it has Kojima's name on it. It's got CG Norman Reedus and it fucked with my mind a little bit. And I really want to know more about it. I wasn't excited about Kojima. I know we're not getting that game forever. It was kind of one of those Last Guardian moments. We're going to see that game at the next four E3s, guys. Yeah. Last Guardian has only been announced since 2009. so And we have a release date now. Finally. Yeah. You heard the crowd gasp when that date popped up because everyone oh, yeah. was like, Oh, really? We, we thought it was dead for five years. <laughs> Give us something. I know everyone's excited about that game. Me, not so much, but I can understand the appeal. I mean, I I sat down and uh, Asian, who we still have to have back on as a guest. Um, I will see the Asian this weekend. Yes, we will. <laughs> and uh, Maybe he'll bring us back our games he took. Probably not. But anyways... We sat down and we played Shadows of the Colossus while also watching um, Teen Titans, the original animated series. And it was awesome. You guys should ask him about it sometime because maybe it's cast-worthy material when he's here, but I don't want to explain the story until he's here. I'm really glad you went off on that tangent in an E3 episode that we, we need to... <laughs> I was talking about Shadows of the Colossus, and it was awesome. And so it makes and really bring it back for... now. All right. Speaking of superheroes, Insomniac. Spider-Man, PS4 exclusive. That also should have made my top three. As soon as I saw the Insomniac logo and I heard the opening monologue, I said to Tyler, this is Spider-Man. And then he said Queens, and I was like, this is definitely Spider-Man. Sold. We haven't had a good Spider-Man game since Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 2. Do you agree? Yes. We've had Spider-Man games. Are you a Spider-Man fan? Yes. Uh, And... Yeah, that 2004 game was amazing, and Loved there's it. just been nothing that touched it since. Derek didn't like it, but we'll talk no, about that no, later. No, it, it's a good game. It is not as good as the N64 Spider-Man. That's all I, I said. The N64 Spider-Man was so good. Uh, Matt and I are going to have to disagree with you on this. I'm not sure that I, I'm going to say it's any better. I just remember the N64 one being the one that I played the most. Um, and honestly, that was it was a very long time ago, but being able to switch into, I think it was 10 plus suits and they all had different abilities and I could just swing around town 
and it was fun for an n64 game it was really good 10 suits that's like call of duty level customization it is i'm with matt though as soon as you flash that insomniac logo on the screen it's like seeing blizzard it's like seeing rockstar it's a company that i know is going to have my back they're going to take care of me spider-man jumping off the desks in that building and going through the glass done deal i've been a spider-man fan since the fucking electric company was on and i'll tell you guys i'm really excited about that game what worries me is in development from sony so we might not be getting it for a while i'm I'm thinking 2017 earliest we're not getting that spider-man game this year in fact It'll probably launch the same time Homecoming does next year, correct? Next October? Yeah, I could see that. And honestly, I'm okay with that. Um, I think Homecoming will be dope. And the trailer that they showed for the Spider-Man game looks insane. And it's going to be, with hopes, one of those Spider-Man games where we can just wander around, fight villains, switch up suits, and do all sorts of fun stuff. I'm looking for a big open world a big Manhattan, if you will, or whatever they call it, um, whatever the city is. Zelda also looked like a giant open world. And I love open world games. I love games that you can completely get lost in. There was a a gif I saw today that just, it it really drove home how awesome that Zelda game is going to be. It just showed Link chopping down a tree to cross a gap and he stands on it and it rolls off the cliff and he just falls in. It was the greatest use of physics I've seen in a game in ages. But is one game worth buying that NX for? I will. Well, They're well, finally making so a system good. that is somewhat like the rest of their generation at least. It's only been a decade. But nothing, no announcement. Supposedly we're getting a system early next year we haven't even seen it yet. Microsoft showed off a system that might never come out. I, I'm i almost impressed by that, though, because if they wait and they kept everything really under wraps and all of a sudden they drop this console that just dwarfs what's out right now, and they could, and maybe they, maybe they won't, but they could just be like, oh, you have a PS4 and an Xbox One in your house, so what? The Nintendo destroys it. And that's what I I hope for. You can actually play with your friends this time. <laughs> I, I'm just worried that they're going to release this like system that they're finally so proud of. It works in 4K. It's an actual HD system for once, and then it just gets dwarfed by Scorpion. I, I'm afraid that's what's going to happen. I'm glad Nintendo's launching with a Zelda title. Smartest thing they've ever done, besides launching with a Zelda and a Mario title. I thought Nintendo should have gone like, oh, we've got new Zelda, we've got new Mario, we've got new Metroid, oh, and here's Kid Icarus, you forgot about his fucking ass. And launch like, if you do a launch like that, I'm buying your console. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Tokyo Game Show this year in August, we see, here's NX, this is the Zelda game we're making, it's also an NX, here's your Mario game for NX, because we haven't seen a Mario for a while, so I mean, it's it's Mario Maker, my number one game of last year. It's very true. But that was not a new, not Mario a true game. Mario game. Uh, but it's it's the actually best Mario it's the game. truest of Mario games, but it's not a true successor Mario. No, the uh, last three console generations: N sixty four, GameCube, Wii. I did not get the Nintendo console until a New Legend of Zelda game came out. I still don't have a Wii U. 
Really? We there's one here. We haven't played it since we moved in four months ago. I'm with you there. I wanted to play Mario Kart three months ago. Okay. Yeah, I wanted Mario Kart. What was the other game? There was a couple of the Mario games were really good. I don't regret the 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 Wii U. No, I mean it's got Super Smash Bros. It's got Mario Kart. It's got the new Mario World. It's got um, it's got Splatoon, which is the best game nobody played. Still haven't played it. Yeah, Splatoon. It's got Wonderful One Hundred One, which was fantastic. Uh, Bayonetta Two. It's got NES Remix was amazing. NES Remix. It's got a handful of good games. I mean, it was worth. At the time, it was only like 250 bucks, but it was worth it. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see if the NX is backwards compatible, because if it's not, I why would I buy an NX for one title when I can play that same title on the Wii U and get these other exclusives that I haven't played, like Bayonetta 2 and stuff? I don't know. That Zelda game looked pretty amazing. I watched the trailer about three times today in a row. I refused to watch yesterday because I was so pissed Nintendo came out. I, I wanted Nintendo... To come out and blow Sony away. That's what we were talking about after we watched Sony. Like, this is Nintendo's time to come out and, dude, you can pounce on the entire competition right now. You have old people, young people. They love your characters. They love your product. And they, I can't even watch it because you guys have told me how terrible it was. I won't watch the whole conference. Like, like I said, I've seen maybe a cumulative 10 minutes of it. And both times it was either five minutes of Pokemon or five minutes of Zelda. Yeah. If you didn't like the five minute, ten minute long gameplay demo of Days Gone that Sony closed their presser with, Nintendo spent an hour and a half on gameplay for Pokemon and Zelda. And I I enjoyed the Zelda stuff, but that's not what I'm looking for from an E3 press conference. I guess it wasn't really a press conference, but still. Aren't we all, though, like, based on what Sony did this year... I want to see, and I was bitching the whole time. Trailer, give me a trailer. I don't care about this guy talking. Give me a trailer. Show me the gameplay. Come back to back to back. Yeah, and I, you might not go back and watch it, but it was the funniest thing. It was like well, seeing they're playing Zelda, and it cuts off, has big old things for playing on the thing. They're playing the exact copy of the show that was on the demo room floor and forgot to turn off the option where it hits time after a certain long and cuts the demo off. The middle of their big thing. It, it's hilarious. But it's just like all these other companies are there. They're going to provide previews and videos of all these demos and stuff. Why is Nintendo just going to go on there and show us the same thing everybody else is? They kind of blew their opportunity to show us something different. Yeah, and I mean, as you said, if I was at E3, I could have just played it myself. So I didn't need to sit there and watch them for a whole conference play those games. Disappointed. I thought we would see a new console drop from Nintendo. I really wanted them to come out with, hey, Eric, this is your new NES. Go ahead and pick it up. Zelda looked amazing. I really want to play it. Don't waste two hours on that. And I I don't want to see... I want to see gameplay demonstrated. Do it better than dudes standing on the side of the stage with a controller for 10 minutes. It just doesn't... It doesn't cut it for me anymore. That, That was the worst part of the Ubisoft show for me. The... Ghost Recon demo was literally like 12 minutes long with this pre-recorded chat of, hey guys, there's a bogey on the roof. Copy Do you that. see the bogey on the roof? Copy that. Copy that. Luckily, uh, Tyler 
knew that was coming and we fast forwarded through it. I also fast forwarded through Final Fantasy as soon as I saw the title come up on the screen. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> Where's Toma? We need to talk about Final Fantasy. You know, he doesn't show up for cast, so I don't want to talk about Final Fantasy. I think some of the gameplay they showed for Final Fantasy looks awesome. But I also saw one of the bosses use the same move four times in a row, easily avoidable. And I don't know if Toma picks it up and he will and he likes it. Maybe I'll play it at his house first. I I was not impressed by with the footage they showed of that. And I played the demo and I wasn't impressed by the demo either. So we'll see. Like, honestly, that Final Fantasy boss fight looked like the worst God of War fight in history. That's all it looked like. Yeah. Let's... Good seg, though. Who thought we were going to see Kratos at E3 this year? I I really thought there was going to be a new God of War game. I did not think they were going to come to Kratos at all, because there was all those rumors about a Norse God of War, and I'm super glad we're getting it, but this new storytelling dynamic that they've got it's so good it's so reminiscent of last of us and i absolutely loved that demo when we heard the orchestra at first eric was like last guardian maybe and then the little kid and he was like yeah last guardian i was like that doesn't look like last guardian unless they've revamped everything and then kratos walks out from the shadows and we were both like holy shit i physically clapped my hands when i saw kratos come out of the shadow that's how you do an E3 reveal. Resident Evil was very similar, but that's how you open your E3. Here's one of Sony's, I mean, most iconic characters. If not, isn't which is Kratos Sony's Master Chief? For modern generations, probably. Absolutely he is. And having him walk out of the shadows with a game had not been leaked. We had not heard about we had not talked about and i did not see on any website e3 predictions no one said god of war and that was um that might be my favorite moment of e3 besides trey and matt how do you like the uh, shift in perspective from kind of the top down peeled back to moving up to third person kind of over the shoulder i think that's fine it puts you really in the action and hopefully it'll make it even more fast-paced. They're not slow games by any means being hack and slash, but just being able to be that much closer to the action and some of the stuff where he just throws the axe and just starts beating someone else with his fists. Like, I'm impressed, and I need to go replay all of the God of War games because I want to get back into it for sure. Talking about similar games that were in that kind of hack and slash kind of thing the for honor trailer everyone seemed to be pretty hyped about it i i was not the biggest fan of it how did you guys feel about it i think what i heard was it feels really good sitting down and playing it but it's kind of clunky almost um maybe more dark souls ish and the way you adjust your stance and stuff like that and it doesn't seem to really come across well in videos even though it feels well playing it so that's kind of on my I'm going to have to wait and see. I thought the idea of switching stances, especially when you needed a block with the large weapon, was cool. Um, When Derek and I were watching it, we were both like, at first we were like, what the hell is this? And then uh, we messaged each other. We're like, oh, it's just a rated M Dynasty Warriors. 
and that's what it looks like. I mean, I'm going to fight hordes of enemies with one hero and just smash people out with big combos. I'll still play it, but I don't know if I'll play it right away. So, game that Sony ended the conference with. Let me talk for just a brief moment. Days gone. Days gone. So, they open with a guy walking up and getting an oil filter <laughs> to silence his gun. Doesn't work like that. That's exactly how it works. Get a physics degree. Okay, no, no, no. My beef isn't with the physics, even though I did bitch about that. My beef is, we see him do this, like, that's how the world is, man. You gotta use an oil filter for a silencer. But then, when 700 zombies attack you, you've got an AK-47 with unlimited ammo. Of course <laughs> that's what didn't do. work for me. The Last of Us grounded you in that survival horror every bullet counted something that started back in resident evil this looked very zombie fluffy and not in a good way and i'm I'm tired of the zombie genre in fact if you can go ahead tell i'm sorry oh i was just gonna say if i want lots of ammo and if i want to mow down zombies it's gonna be dead rising and i want another dildo launcher if you don't think we're not getting the most over-the-top weapons ever in DR4, we are. I can't wait to play that. And speaking of, since you brought it up, Resident Evil, both you and I thought that was going to be condemned, but it looks like they're going really back to their roots. And it's not... They, at 4, moved into kind of an action game and five was way more just run and gun and six was just trash but seven looks like they're going straight back to that really slow horror survival game and i'm stoked for that if there's one style of game i want to play on vr it is a horror game the same for me i just i don't know if i'm gonna be able to handle it i might have to change my pants fuck i'll I'll buy extra underwear if you want me to get immersed (laughs) In a game, oh my god, give me a horror game. Those are the games that really grab at me. Besides, you know, the emotion of Uncharted, uh, I can, I really get into the horror genre. That's what I want on VR, besides porn. All they have to do is put a B in VR, and Derek will throw the VR headset off of him and run into his bed and hide under the covers. That, that would probably happen. Talking about VR, though... Um, are you scared of bees? I am fucking terrified of like every insect on the planet have you ever been stung by one (laughs) yes it doesn't hurt that bad i know i i have an actual phobia of bees i'm not scared of being stung i am scared of them well we're definitely watching Candyman tonight what do you think about that (laughs) we're gonna not do that derek legitimately ran in from outside one time slammed the door shut and ran and hid under his covers and i just go open his door like what's up he's like is the bee gone so my friend bryce threw a spider at me once i threw a knife at him have you ever seen my girl yes so you're you're like macaulay culkin yeah basically this is this is way off on the okay no we were talking about about vr um the the difference between vr really got to me at e3 i think that Sony is making a proprietary VR is the greatest decision ever, and it showed in the demos at E3. All of their demos looked amazing. 
compared to looking at the the Star Trek demo and the other demos from the Microsoft show that looked like they were considerably lower graphic quality. I didn't see any VR at the Microsoft show. Minecraft, and that was it. Well, they they definitely had the... Mm, was e- the, the Star Eagle Trek Flight? one was. Yeah, and then the Eagle game. Yeah, Eagle Flight. And the, the graphics that, were that was crap, Ubi, I think. Eagle Flight was Ubi, oh, was and Ubi. the Star Trek game was also Ubi. Oh. I haven't seen either one of those trailers. They this, were both Ubi, and I told you we didn't care about them. But they legitimately looked like games that were one, two generations old compared to the Sony games that just look like PS4 games. And, I mean, that difference in quality has to be because of that proprietary uh, hardware, and they just know exactly what they're coding to, and it was a brilliant decision. I don't know if that's true, because in the Bethesda conference, they announced that they were doing Fallout 4 and Doom that are going to be compatible with the HTC Vive. And Fallout 4 is a game that I would love to play in VR. I want to play GTA 5. The first person in virtual reality. I mean, we all have to have goals, right? Yeah. Robin Banks, goals. Oh, can you imagine playing GTA in virtual reality? Even if I knew, I mean, Cartoon World, whatever. Oh, my God. Jacking cars, driving over. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. That's. I, I am so sad we didn't get anything out of Rockstar this year. The Not getting Red Dead killed me they're not gonna do it there they're not gonna tie it to one console they're not gonna tie it to one system rockstar is gonna make their own announcement because they know i think gta 5 has outsold every game in history if not close i'm I'm pretty sure it's close if they're gonna come out with a red dead rockstar doesn't need to show up at e3 just like blizzard doesn't need to show up at e3 just like, obviously, Nintendo doesn't need to show up at E3. <laughs> it's not that Nintendo doesn't need to show up. It's that they forgot to show up. Rockstar is going to make their announcement. I don't know where they'll make it. We will get a new Rockstar game very soon. And I was sad, too, Derek. I was hoping that we would see a Red Dead announcement, either Sony or Microsoft press conference. Microsoft, more likely. But I was hoping we would see something from Rockstar, and we didn't see anything. On the lines of kind of like biggest disappointments for E3, besides, Let's go there. besides Red Dead not showing up, for me, uh, CD Projekt Red has been uh, has obviously become one of my favorite designers after Witcher and everything. Um, Are you talking they, about they Clint? were d- <laughs> they were doing behind the scenes demos and stuff all leading up to E3, and I, y'all may not know this, my most anticipated game period right now is Cyberpunk 2077. That's the year you're going to get it. <laughs> and I, I, you hear about these behind-the-scenes demos. I'm like, all right, they're going to show us more. They're going to give us a release date. They're going to give us something. And as much as I love Gwent, Gwent, that's what you're showing behind the scenes? That was disappointing to me. I was ragging on Tyler the whole time. I was like, this is going to replace Hearthstone, dude. I was like, this is where we're going to be hosting Gwent tournaments in a couple months, man. Trust me. Like, this looks amazing, just being a dick. I'm with you, though. Like, 2077 is when you're going to get that game. And there was a lot at E3 that didn't have dates. I was stoked, though. I think we're going to get God of War next year. I think just about everything Sony showed except the Kojima game you're probably seeing in 2017. You think so? 
Nothing this year? I, did they date anything this year? Because I think they only dated like three games and they were all like Valentine's Day next year. I mean, they dated, and we already knew it was, and it's not exclusive, but the Lego Star Wars, um, which is coming out in a week or two. <laughs> they talked about it and they're like, guess what? We got it for you already. <laughs> I already have it downloaded. I haven't played it yet. That's awesome. But I'm going to buy it. My biggest disappointment was when the guy's walking onto the stage and they took enough time to make his shadow crash and Crash Bandicoot was just remasters. Why? You might have just stolen my biggest disappointment because as soon as I saw that elaborate setup and I called it playing Uncharted... Where's the company going next? Oh my god, they're going to do Crash again. They left the hint right here in the title. Yeah, we're getting remasters. So they did that with Ratchet and Clank. They did that with Sly Cooper. They did that with Uncharted. Didn't impress me much. I know we haven't seen that character in a while. I've played those games. I think the issue is that this generation of gamers that is just now getting into gaming has no clue who Crash Bandicoot is. Uh, I mean, Ratchet, that's a little closer to to them, but nobody was playing the PS1 that's now a new gamer in the, the PS3, PS4 age. We got Jack and Daxter remade already too, correct? It's not like Sony couldn't have gone to this well. I, I think the other issue is that uh, Activision was sitting on those rights. So, My biggest disappointment... A four-minute trailer about Star Wars where we saw no titles announced. Also on the Star Wars thing, we saw that awesome PS4 demo of VR Star Wars Space Battles, and then you're going to tell me it's in Battlefront? You want me to buy that game and it's 400 DLC so that I can finally fight in a frickin' X-Wing? No, I don't think you have to buy Battlefront. I think they're using that as the the tagline. It's going to be a separate title. I sure hope so, because I don't want to pay those DLCs. No, no, it will be. It's They're using Battlefront as their name for that style of Star Wars. I don't think that VR title is going to work with Battlefront on the PS4 at all. No, and even though they didn't show much gameplay, like 10 seconds of it, that new Star Wars that's coming out... Reminded me a lot of a very updated Knights of the Old Republic. And Are you talking about the one that um, that Amy Henning is doing? Absolutely. That game looked amazing, but yet, we joked about it earlier, we're not getting that for three more years. But no, that's my biggest disappointment, hands down. And also, the Mass Effect DeVry commercial. Show me Mass Effect. Don't show me a guy working on Mass Effect. I'm not really impressed by that. And Star Wars had the same... The same feel. Both trailers were very similar. We saw a guy, I like, sitting at my computer all day, working on the graphics for the new Star Wars game. No one gives a shit. Show me the fucking game. Oh my god, you own the license. We should have a glut of Star Wars property. We don't really have a lot. Battlefront was the last game. I mean, that license begs to be exploited. Well, that might not be a bad thing. I mean, we've seen in the past where LucasArts just pumped stuff out, and it was kind of generic garbage. There's a few AAA titles here and there, but, uh, you know, I I think when uh, they took over, we saw a transition to more, like, 
uh, a commitment to quality over quantity. I guess the bad thing is we have to wait a few extra years to get some stuff, but hopefully we're going to start seeing higher quality stuff as a result. I think that was the biggest problem with E3 or uh, EA showings, though, is these games aren't new properties. They've been working on the new Mass Effect, that Star Wars game, three, four years now, and you don't have anything at all to show me? You couldn't take the extra, like, two months to work up a tech demo? I mean, they they had about as much to show as Kojima did, and he just left Konami. (laughs) He has the clout, though, like Miyamoto. He can walk out on stage and be like, new Mario, coming, and everyone's like, fuck yeah! You know? So that's... There's that. But he had naked Norman Reedus in a studio. Or is his butt rendered? That's that's the real question. Can, I, can we get an interview with Norman Reedus to figure out what happened with that butt? We would love to have uh, Reedus on the cast, but I would only be asking him Blade 2 questions. We're going to tweet at Norman Reedus after this to try to get on and talk to him about his butt. Any other final thoughts on oh. E3 gaming? You guys go. Come on. While we were talking about biggest disappointments, mine, not necessarily the biggest disappointment, but something I was really disappointed in, Platinum Games, one of my favorite studios, Bayonetta, great series. They're coming out with Scalebound on Xbox One, and that demo was the most underwhelming thing I have ever seen because while it looked absolutely epic, it looked like it played itself. It did not look like the player had to think about what they were doing. That was the Panzer Dragoon game, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. and and we said the same thing, Eric and I did. However, I feel like they made that portion or that tech demo that way specifically so that they could show off some of the additional features. And I hope it's not that way when the game releases. Because I agree, I want to sit down with three of my friends, you guys, have our dragons summoned up and fight giant monsters. Yeah, I just I couldn't figure out how he was fighting this giant ass monster that had like twenty different forms and never got hit once. No, I'm with you there. So we all talked Bickest uh see, this is when we need to wrap. Bickest. Bickest. Bickest disappointments. And there was a few things. I'd say my biggest disappointment is don't play the game for fifteen minutes on the stage. Or an hour and a half, Nintendo. <laughs> 55 minutes. <laughs> Sony maximized their time better than any other company. And EA, we watched that conference live, Tyler Sunday. We should have watched 10 minutes of that conference, Battlefield 1. I could give a fuck. What was the, what's the big deal? You guys tell me this. With being able to play as one guy through FIFA, I'm not a big sports gamer, but as far as I know, that mode has been available for over a decade. Dude, does it got the hit stick? You got the hit stick? I love the hit stick. The new version, it's got the hit stick. I don't, that, that right there says it all. I mean, I don't even remember the guy's name. Hunter, whatever, something Hunter. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I just, first of all, I don't even care about I FIFA. think it was Mike Hunter. It doesn't matter because. I got that joke. Loved it. <laughs> When he said that we will know him, I won't. I I just won't. I don't play FIFA. I know that's EA's bread and butter. FIFA's great drunk. I I don't know. I can't get the I'm really into FIFA. I'm going to play it every year mentality. 
because I haven't seen changes in FIFA in a decade, so... But there hasn't been changes in Madden. I would argue the show probably hasn't gotten much more improved. But there's a genre, or not a genre, that's a genre, but there's a section of gaming guys. They love that shit. They show up at firesides for that shit, and probably bigger numbers than we show up with. So I guess EA has to cater to that crowd. I wanted more Star Wars less fifa story mode Ooh, speaking of ea though i knew there was one game that i was forgetting and that's titanfall 2 titanfall 2 looked awesome it's got swords that was the multiplayer title that most stood out to me out of the whole conference i agree with that and the fact that they announced single player and it was still the best multiplayer that stood out to you in the conference. Honestly, I agree with that. I am just super stoked that Respawn is finally giving us what they said they were going to give us the first time around. I like Titanfall. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was very Overwatch in the sense that it brought a new aspect to shooters that brought me back into the genre, into the stale genre. On that note, as much as it got shit on, I never watched the new Call of Duty trailer. Jesus, that looked fucking like a lot of fun. <laughs> Everyone knows that I am the biggest Call of Duty hater in the world, but I didn't realize that was a Call of Duty trailer until halfway through. There was one point. I'm buying it. I, absolutely. I'm buying it too. There was one point, like, so they did their space dogfight and stuff, and then they docked on the ship, and then I thought back to that space dogfight, and I was like, this looks a lot like the Call of Duty trailer initially that I saw 10 seconds of and hated. Is this Call of Duty? And Eric was like, no, this looks way too good to be Call of Duty. <laughs> and it did. And it did. I'll, I'll buy it. it. It sold me with that. Best way to sell more copies of Call of Duty, make it Halo. Make it better than Halo in some aspects. And I'm glad... I know it's getting more pissed on than the Ghostbusters trailer, but I'm glad we're getting that Call of Duty and then Battlefield. I'm going to get to fly the Red Baron plane, dude. I mean, that take my 60 bucks on that. As soon as I saw those Red Baron-style planes fly in, I don't even know what they're called, that was done. And you get to fly that Zeppelin and shit? That looks awesome. I think everyone is super stoked about Battlefield 1 titan vehicles i mean that's literally what they called them right titan vehicles that like like, honestly the internet is a buzz because everyone's so stoked about battlefield one they have to complain about how there's not enough french people in it talk about this we all know that the the french had a huge portion uh, of the deaths in world war one but for some reason the the game doesn't focus about the French army very much. So there's this huge hoopla coming from French nationalists that EA doesn't care about the French. I'm glad the French started paying attention to the gaming industry. (laughs) To to be fair, everyone that makes games is French. We know this already. Really? (laughs) Did, Did you not watch E3? Every single developer is French for some reason. Were they all French? Dude, I guess Ubisoft I don't. I don't is French, like it's. So people are pissed that Battlefield One doesn't focus enough it's, on. It's the too sh- focused on the British, who had a smaller role in World War One than the French. Well, to be fair, they have much better actors than the rest of the other countries. So, 
But I mean, y- you have to have been making a pretty good trailer for that to be what someone's whining about. I thought the trailer for Battlefield 1, all kidding aside, was amazing. I haven't bought a shooter in a long time. Not a long time, maybe three years. I, I kind of dropped off. I got Hardline for free. I think I'm getting both of them this year. I'm buying Call of Duty. I'm buying... Uh, so we're done. I'm done. We're buying... I'm buying... You're cut off, boy. I'm cut off. You bought Overwatch. It's Blizzard. It's a shooter. No, what I'm saying is I haven't bought the Major 2. Yeah, I haven't since... I bought Battlefield 4. I haven't bought a Call of Duty since Call of Duty Modern Warfare. You haven't missed anything. To be fair, Tyler, you play 97 hours of Hearthstone a week. <laughs> I don't play that much. I honestly think I play... Unless he doesn't have an active project, then it's the whole week. No. <laughs> this is all true. Not at all. And Matt, inspired by you, I did, and I'll prove it to you, download Hearthstone on my phone. Because you talked to me as a Dark Souls player last week, and you said, dude, you have already got this figured out seven years ago. Just download it and play for fun with us. And that's all it took. Tyler's always like, well, you're never going to be as good as me. I've never even said that. I've never even said that. And here's the thing. There's at least seven monkeys on this planet that are better than Tyler at Hearthstone. Matt says the person who lost uh, first round at one of our firesides. Oops. To to who? (laughs) Our Lord and Savior Toma, who couldn't be with us here tonight. Not our Lord and Savior tonight. Um, We're rap time, right? Yeah, but you know what? Matt hasn't said a whole lot, so I want to go to you for as long as you want to talk, just tell us anything else that you have to close us out about E3, Matt. One game we didn't talk about, Quantum, uh, Quantic Dreams Detroit. Yes. Very excited about yeah. that. Derek was shitting on it earlier. That's the kind of game I like to play. A lot of people crapped on L.A. Noir, which wasn't Quantic Dreams, but it was kind of that same style of choice I, gameplay. I think L.A. Noir is a absurdly good game. People hated it. I just... It's Quantic Dreams... I feel so limited in their systems. Like, the the whole visual novel kind of approach isn't really the worst thing to me. It's just I don't understand the point of having this, this gameplay in it that's so limited. When they pulled back on that trailer to the map of choices, it looked very substantial. I'm with you. Like, there's also the the DS games, uh, 999... Virtue's Last Rewards, the straight-up visual novel games. And I love those types of games because they're, like, essentially puzzle games that are just telling a story. And that aspect doesn't kill me. I just I don't understand the point of walking around in a world and doing these things when I know that if I walk left or right, I'm not going to be able to do whatever is right there. I know I'm on this set path, and that what's the point of me doing that instead of just making decisions and watching it play out? I don't know, Matt. Tell Tell me your opinion. I didn't think. I don't think those style of games are that limited. Yeah, I mean, they're the gameplay's linear. I mean, it's not open world or anything. And where they give you decisions is in uh, the conversations. And one thing that Heavy Rain kind of did that's different. 
I, I guess I share your complaints on like the Telltale's games. Like you get different conversations and it's interesting, but if you try playing through those games again, at least for me, the exact same thing happens. And sure, I change the conversation, but the same characters die, and there's nothing I did to change that. And one thing, at least about Heavy Rain, something that Quantic Dream has done, is your choices actually determine the fates of different characters. You know, different things play out that way. So I'll be interested to see if Detroit does the same thing. Yeah. I I don't know. I like that style of game. I think, and I'm playing a new game right now called Oxenfree, and it's side-scroller, but it's story choice. From what I've heard... It might compete with Uncharted for the best thing I've played this year. So far, not so much. But I'm only an hour in or so. I like that, though. And you guys can't tell me, Telltale hate aside, that you guys aren't excited about Batman Telltale, right? Now I'm picking on Telltale, but I love Telltale. It's just... I have to enjoy it that first playthrough because I can't play through them again as I've much as I love I've never replayed a Telltale game, it even really, back to the future. It really loses the magic when you play through a second time. You think, oh, I'm going to make different choices this time, and the exact same thing happens. And I hope that doesn't happen with Detroit being human. I want to see something different. And they seem to allude to that in the trailer that they were going to provide a different experience. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love story focused games story means a ton to me but i'm also a gamer who thinks that gameplay is the most important thing that's why my favorite games uncharted tomb raider the stuff where you're getting this absurdly good story but you've also got this solid gameplay system that's i mean i'll I'll rag on telltale and quantic dream but they make solid stories i just wish there was gameplay with them And let's end with that. How beautiful was the ending of Uncharted 4? And we can we can do spoilers now. That game's been out for what two months now. Yeah. How how pretty was that, guys? And I got a text message from one of my buddies, Reap. He's been on the show, and he said, "No spoilers, but as a father, that was the best video game ending I've ever seen." And I'm not a father. And I can completely relate to that sentiment. First of all, we need a round of applause for Eric, who finally beat the sword fight. (laughs) But honestly, it just really is a super solid ending. We get a real farewell to Nathan Drake that we really needed. And I honestly couldn't have thinking of, of a better way for them to write it. I got to see Nate and Elena and Cassie. And Gold. As soon as she pulled the coin out on the dock, too, and she said, oh, this was in my jacket with a lot more. And you knew everyone predicted Drake's brother was going to die. No. Drake's brother took off and he left Nathan with what I would assume is half the treasure, maybe less than half based on his moral decisions. It was a beautiful moment. But that wasn't the most beautiful moment. And I almost thought the game was going to end right there. But when it opened with Crash Bandicoot again, that's a bold move to make in that kind of title. And so I played through the Crash level. Of course, I did not beat Elena's score. I don't know if you guys did. (laughs) I didn't didn't do it. Um, But then when a little girl sat up on the bed, and I thought I was in the house from Chapter 4, I mean, just goosebumps all over me. Because I knew at that point, I was like, oh my god. 
I'm Drake's daughter. And that's how they're going to carry the series on. And it might seem Dude, I, I just got goosebumps from you talking about it. No shit. <laughs> but then you think you're in the same house. I looked for the attic. I wanted to go look at the treasures because I assumed that's what I was going to do. No, you open that front door and you're on an island. And you start to figure out through the context clues, you're on an adventure with your parents. And then I'm not going to spoil the ending scene. The whole conversation between Nathan and Cassie and Elena is just beautiful. And I've said it before on the cast, the ending was fucking earned. The whole game was earned. And you don't get that with a series that hasn't been around for 10 years. And yo, for the third time, I played the game Tears in My Eyes. And that is how you do a video game. And that is how you do an experience. Any final thoughts tonight before we finish up here in the Jesus the Bit Sweat fucking cave? I know there's a lot that we didn't get to talk about. um, We missed a lot. But... You know what? That's what happens. Yeah. Honestly, if you guys go back, um, check out the Microsoft conference. It was awesome. Design your controller for sure. The Sony conference, legendary. That orchestra was insane. You can probably skip on most of the other conferences. And if you guys ever want to chat with us, you know where to find us on Facebook. And shoot, probably half of you have our numbers. Feel free to text us, call us. (laughs) And, uh, I would love to just have a conversation with you guys about what you loved as well. People have asked me what it takes to to come to the Bit Cave. You have to come to a bar and have a good conversation with me about Dark Souls, and then you're invited over here for beers and dinner and fun, as Matt can attest tonight. And honestly, talking about our event two weeks ago, that was a lot of fun. And I everyone I talked to that night, I'd say 70% of them I'd never met before in my life. It was wonderful. And that that's what this has to be all about, right? Absolutely. And we have another one coming up on the 23rd. So if you guys have the ability to make it out, please do come out. We'd love to see you. We'd love to play card games with you. Um, and we'd love to just drink beers with you because that's what we do. This is BitFaced. Across the table from me tonight, our guest, he might not have said much, but you know what? Tyler doesn't either, and he shows up here every week. Matt Dawkins, one of our new friends. To my left, I love him to death, Derek Burton Guster. To my right, the chairman of the soundboards, Tyler Run, TRG Glaze. You guys are getting this episode tonight for E3. We're taking off to Comic-Con on Friday. We have a special Father's Day episode coming, so if you're listening between now and Sunday, it's great. Tyler can attest to that. It's probably the most fun I've had in the Big Cave this year. Maybe besides tonight, sweating my fucking balls off. Talk about tears. They're about to come out. There was there there were there were there were little tears uh, in in the Father's Day episode. But you know what? I stand by it, and I'm never going to regret having my dad in the cave. We will have at least one cast, hopefully, that we can cobble together at Denver Comic Con. But tonight. We're sweating our balls off and we need more beer from the Bit Cave. I am Eric G. Hollis and we are out.